Today's episode is brought to you by our amazing, wonderful sponsors. Babe? Built Bar, Love Good Fats, Buddha Gear, Tree Tribe. And maybe you. Maybe, maybe you. if you'd like to sponsor. Like if you want to give us some money, if this would be hilarious. Okay. This is a long intro. Okay. Um, if you want to sponsor this podcast, literally every single episode we will talk about you and your business and we will send people to you and as long as it's like a thing that we like right if it's a like yeah if it's a business we like and can give and, behind. and can support like if it, we feel good supporting it i should have started yeah. with that but anyways send Big us some money can fuck off. if you want to support the podcast we're looking for donors <laughs> supporters <laughs> supporters what i uh, fuck out of sponsors donor sponsors sponsors is Help. the word sponsors that's it if go you to... want to support the podcast we're looking for sponsors there you go and in the meantime, you can go to energieslovepodcast.com and click on the sponsors tab. I don't know okay. what number episode this is. This episode today is Stephanie's back. I don't know that I'm back permanently, but I'm, <laughs> I'm back. I'm back for this episode. Yes. So it's wonderful. We talk, we catch up. Uh, there's a magic trick. Um, we solve homelessness. What else? <laughs> We've got there's the magic fix. trick. Um, and then some more things in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Talk a little bit about PTSD oh, yeah. and perspectives and. Oh. What? And. And. Um, Shark Tank. And Shark Tank. And Big Go Pharma. Team Lori. Yes. But it's Hashtag a fun episode. Team Lori. <laughs> Hashtag Team Lori. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Go follow us everywhere and enjoy this episode. You're listening to the Energy is Love podcast. We're at episode 260 something or another, right? Yes. Next year will be six years of the podcast. That's a lot of years. That's a lot of years. That's a lot. <clears throat> um, and I feel like we still don't have this fucking thing down. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm teasing. We should get serious about it. Well, it's like, uh, I'm always like, can I push record? And is the thing on? And it's like, I mean, we've... Uh, so it's constantly that way. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. And I just have blind faith. I always know you press record and that it's on. Right. Because you're so We're detail-oriented. You were going to say anal. Detail-oriented. You were going to say anal. That's okay. Detail-oriented. You can say anal. Detail-oriented. Um, welcome back. Thank you. High five. Steph is back. Back again. JD's back. <laughs> I'm excited for you to. You haven't had a chance yet to listen to uh, last week's episode with Corey. No, I'm, I'm excited, excited for to you listen. to tune into that. Uh, Corey, that thank guy you. That's awesome. He is awesome. I'm re really yeah. excited to hear it. We had a lot of fun with him guest hosting last week. And uh, yeah, it's been nice. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed him. It's okay. Um, you've been out, obviously. I've been out. You and I are aware because it's our life and we live it. <clears throat> <laughs> But uh, Steph's mom's been in the hospital, and um, she's had her handful. She's had her hands full uh, helping out with that. Not my hands full. It's been fine. Yeah, but I have been been doing what you needed to do. Yeah. And, now and we I have will time. be. We had time today. Yes. I'll likely. <laughs> I have other future guest hosts. Yeah. Guest hosts in mind in the event that we need another All right. one. Right. Well, we'll probably need them. So that's we'll okay. Some guests. Yeah. All right. It'll be right. I'm excited to hear who you have on the lineup. Yeah, we got a good, we got a couple of people uh, that we can call out. We shall see if we need to. But I'm so glad you're back. I'm I'm glad I'm back. It was very um, 
weird recording last week without you. Yeah? Yeah. It was fun, and I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but it was strange. Yeah. I Did was, you get used to me? Not just used to you. I missed you. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, I like our conversations. I like this time that we spend together. I like being able to look across this table at you. It's not that Corey's not a handsome man, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? I enjoy We're, our Are we Are we handsome together. in different ways? <laughs> <laughs> I would not describe you as handsome. You don't think I'm handsome? Nope. It's definitely not a descriptor that I would use for you. I feel like it shouldn't be binary because you can be pretty so I can be handsome. Yeah. I want you to look. You want me to look? We're going to do a magic trick. Okay. So you see that card? I do see that card. What's the card? You can tell the people that are listening. Should I whisper it so you can't hear? (laughs) I can see it. (laughs) I know. We're going to show the camera. Seven of hearts. What is it? Seven of hearts. Seven of hearts. Yes. So you have to watch. I have to watch. Okay. Yeah, don't fuck with your tea. This is a I'm fucking sorry. magic trick. I'm paying trick. attention to the magic. It doesn't work if if like... This is why magic works so well on me because I attention. always miss it because I'm like, wow, how'd that card get you there? You got it memorized? I, I, what is it? I'm kidding. Seven of I'm hearts? I'm kidding. Okay. Yes. We're going to put it right okay. on top. Right on top. And I want you to put your hand on top of it. Okay. Cover it. Okay. You turn your hand over. Boom. Okay. Yeah. So keep your hand right there. Hands on it. What I want you to do while your hands are on that card. Hands are on it, yes. Is I want you to fill it full of all of your energy. Okay? Can you do that? My energy is so called elsewhere. Just imagine that you're rubbing all of your love juice all over that seven of hearts. This is a G-rated episode. <laughs> okay, here's all my love juice. Okay. What are we doing? You're shuffling the cards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shuffling the cards up. Okay. So that the cards are totally mixed. And this is like totally super good for audio, right? So you're shuffling the deck that nobody's touched or seen or knows what. So, okay. Correct. Okay. Now I'm going to riffle down the deck like that. Okay. Okay. And I want you to tell me to stop. Okay. Whenever. Stop. Right there? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and lift your card up and put it right there face down. Face down? Mm-hmm. Okay. You put all your love juice on that card. Oh, it's, it's a and love And it's juice. buried... In the deck. Okay. At a random spot. Yep. Where you touched it. Yes. Okay. And I, you didn't touch that spot. You selected that spot. I selected this Randomly. Spot. Okay. Yes. Okay. Now I want you to just imagine. Okay. All that love juice. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to take. Potent. I'm going to take a moment and imagine all that love <laughs> juice. Okay. And then I want you just to imagine bringing that card back home. Okay. Back home. Back home. Okay. From the middle of the deck. Okay, keep in mind, I'm emotional, so even saying those things, I might start crying at random moments during this. That's okay. You can cry during the podcast. No reason. Like you said, bring it back home. I'm going to lose it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, go ahead. Take your hand off. Okay. And turn that top card over. Okay. Oh, damn. (laughs) Got to show the camera. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I was was too busy being amazed. (laughs) What card is it? That's the seven of hearts. What? That's freaking awesome. My love juice is magic. It is very magic. <laughs> it is super magic. What'd you think? Good trick? I think it was a good trick. Did you like it? I did. I've been practicing it all week. Yeah? Mm-hmm. How'd you do it without my love juice? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I've got so many things that I've been like waiting to yeah? tell you. Oh, okay. So many things to talk Let's about. Let's play catch up. What do you got for me, baby? Catch up? Yeah, you got things to talk to me. So not too long ago... Um, I've I'm going to have some tea while you're talking. Yeah. I've been binging Shark Tank. Yeah. You know, I have a secret love affair with Shark I Tank. I know you do. And uh, when I found out that we can watch it on Hulu, 
and all the seasons and all the episodes have made me very, very happy. And you had your own happy, love juice. Right? So I was watching an episode of Shark Tank. And I'm always thinking, like, what's my Shark Tank? What would I create? What yeah. could I design? What would right. I do? I don't think you should announce your invention on the podcast so somebody else can do it first. Well, this invention is one that is unfortunately already invented. Oh, you checked it out? Had it not been, right, we could probably turn this into a little company and make a little bit of money off of it. Yeah. But we probably couldn't make bugazillions no, off of it. No bugazillions. Yeah. Okay. Are Is you it, sure? Are you sure before you say it on here? Well, I'm not 100% sure. Well, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should, this should be a private conversation. No. In between the sheets. Because this isn't something that I'm going to invest time and energy right. into. I'm going to wait until something really triggers and uh, sparks me. Okay. What if this sparks me, though? Then that's great. All right. So do you remember our trampoline? Did we do we not have one anymore? We still have a tramp. Okay. Part of the reason why we had a tramp or still have a tramp it's is because, because you're a genius. I strapped it down, right? You strapped it down. The like whole a boss. system that I have to keep the tramp in place during windstorms, mm -hmm. right? So trampoline tethers, mm -hmm. right? Which are a thing. You can go to Amazon and you can get some tie downs for a trampoline. Okay. Right? Those are the thing. Um, but I didn't know that. I just came up with that idea when we got our trampoline yeah. and it's worked ever since and it's I think great. We're the only one in this town that kept a trampoline. <laughs> right. Um, we even lost a tree, but not our trampoline. Not tramp. <laughs> yeah, siding on the house, yeah. a ginormous tree in the front. Uh, we get some pretty bad wind. We do. <laughs> that tramp has not moved. It has not moved. So it's for years. You're badass. The the what I'm going to call this. Are you ready? Yeah. Because just so the because Stephanie obviously it, knows what it, it is. Okay. Um, but what it is is it's uh, some anchors in the ground that are um, then you connect some straps to it and then connect those straps to your trampoline and then it keeps your tramp in place during windstorms, right? <clears throat> Hold on, I got to pull it up because I wrote it down. You put, okay? Yeah, I, I think I know the name you're not, gonna say. Do you? I think so. Well, don't tell me. Don't ruin it. Okay. All right, because because uh, <laughs> I was thinking about this from the perspective of going on Shark Tank. Okay. So I have to, like, you have to have a spiel and you yes. have to have, like, not just the name of your company, but you have to have, like, this whole presentation, right? Yes, so I've I totally saw this whole presentation play Pony out. Show. But the name of the company yes. is Tramp Stamp. Tramp Stamp. Oh, that's way better. Stamp thinking. your tramp. Right? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's the Tramp Stamp. And it keeps your trampoline in place. So if you want to stamp your trampoline... And keep it in place oh during God. those massive windstorms. Are you sure you don't want to just create that? That's pretty good, that's isn't it? That's pretty good. Like I already had the logo. Can the logo is going to be like Can you look see what patents a, there are and what we're legally allowed to create? That's the logo is going to be like, the logo is going to be a tramp stamp, but it's going to have tramp stamp obviously in the logo, right? So it's going to look like this really shitty tramp stamp, but obviously say tramp stamp. I think it should be like the trampoline. Like the picture of the trampoline on the side, mm -hmm. so it's like you you would like if you were hover, hovering above it or you kicked it up, and so right at the crevice oh at the bottom, you put it right where the tramp stamp would go. What if it's what if it's, it's the this. so what if it's like you see the trampoline, so like the top portion of a trampoline, so it's like an arch that's the rounded portion of the tramp, and then it has pants on. <laughs> <laughs> so and then the tramp stamp is in the middle perfect right i think so it, it should looks be like the tramp's bending over and you see it's tramp stamp it needs to be don't don't say that oh i got okay i said trampoline tramp. i think it needs to be dude jeans though dude jeans dude jeans not lady jeans like dude jeans <laughs> with the tramp stamp 
Isn't it great though? That's great. I like tramp stamp. That's perfect. I'm pretty sure that's really. <laughs> it's perfect. It's it's pretty great. So we have to have. Uh, well, I'll, maybe we will oh. design it. If you uh, end up going somewhere with that, you heard uh, it first here. Just send us some royalties. We yeah, want. We'll take royalties. Um, Fifty cents uh, per tramp stamp sold uh, in perpetuity. There you go. So. That's I'll I'll take that. That's a deal. That's a good deal. So there was we something, already did the work for you. <laughs> there was something else. Craig, I, I say we. <laughs> I like oh we. <laughs> we did that. I just barely found out, heard this this ideas veneer brew and you wrote it all out, had it and for like just uh what's not what's the word? Created it? No, but you just like showed it to me. Begins with a P. Presented it? You, that's the word. I'm fucking tired. You just presented it to me, and I'm like, we already did the <laughs> we work. We just came up with this great idea. <laughs> we, we're starting this business. <laughs> um, there was something else on Shark Tank that I wanted to bring up. If you're not watching Shark Tank, then I don't know what the fuck you're doing with your life. Um, but Lori was one of the judges on yes. Shark Tank. She's like the... Is she a judge? Are they judges? Not judge. I think you've watched too many episodes of The Voice. What would they America's be called if they're not judges? I think they're sharks. Okay. She's one of the sharks. I think that's the whole point. Um, so some guy came on to present something. Yeah. I don't remember what he was presenting. By the way, I like Lori. I do too. She's the QVC lady, yeah. if you're familiar with Shark Tank. And this guy came on and he was going through his spiel and he was basically ignoring her. And at one point she tried to make him an offer after somebody else like Mark or Mr. Wonderful or somebody had made an offer and mm -hmm. he kind of just ignored her and kept looking at and focusing on um, the men. Okay. And she called him out. Good for her. She called him out for not She's looking like, at her, for ignoring her. Uh, and then she also basically said, hey, not only are you doing this, but I think it's very misogynistic and like just flat out called him out for being a, a misogynist. Freaking love her. Right? And then everybody else on the panel, mind you, because sometimes there's her and Barbara. Uh, I know way too much about fucking Shark Tank. It's you are into it. It's fine. It's fine. <sighs> but most of the time it's two women on the panel. right? Uh -huh. But this time it was only one. So it was her and everybody else was men. And as soon as she called this guy out for being a massage and he was like, he was, he was definitely all are the you, other men came to the defense of the man. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm done. Shark tank. And they were You're like, done. Oh, Lori, come on. Are you like, kidding oh, me? He, he's not doing that. Like he just got distracted. He's like, come on. And I'm sitting there watching that and that I'm just like. That disappoints me to no end. Right? I thought you were going to say they all like called him out and like, you don't get a deal. Get out of here. I thought it was like, are you serious? I no longer watch Shark Tank. So I don't know what you're going to watch when you're around <laughs> me. But we don't support that show anymore. It just uh, highlights you how ingrained it is into society. Where the idea that you're going to call out a man, right? Or that a woman's going to call out a man. And then rather than like not necessarily go to the defense of her, like nobody needs to be defended in that situation in a sense. But at the same time, that fucking guy does not need the other men to rescue him and come to his, like he was straight up being a dick to her and basically was ignoring her and not acknowledging her and not even, and like sometimes the, like sometimes somebody will make an offer on Shark Tank and that's like way out there and they don't like, you know, they don't get ignored, but at the same time, they don't really entertain their offer. That was not this case. Yeah. The guy was just a dick and he didn't want to deal with her because she was a woman. 
And she called him out for it. And all the other men like rallied behind the guy. And even after the fact, you know how like, cause the guy didn't get a deal. I don't think if I remember right. And sometimes the contestant or the guy or the person leaves and they still show some of the banter that takes mm -hmm. place. Even afterwards, they were still commenting on like, come on, like he wasn't, you know, this, that, or the other. And that's not really what it was. And, and it's so fucking frustrating. Oh, so bullshit. Yeah. It's so bullshit. That's why we quit watching Shark Tank. <laughs> you maybe. All right. So you're going to support the male chauvinists. All right. Got it. Well, this is, is this, the thing, right? This is men really rallying behind the men right now. Because one of the ones point. that uh, was the first, well, not, I think he was maybe the only one. All the other men kind of reacted, but Robert was the one that was like, come on, Lori, like, that's not what he was doing. I'm surprised. I right? expect it from Mark. Right? But you like Robert. I like Robert. I did. It's not that they're misogynistic, male chauvinistic assholes. Oh, look at, look at the men Let me defend, right? Men. But there is another no, it's side. it's not that. You're doing the exact same thing. I know. <laughs> I'm not defending the guy. You're defending all of the sharks now. I'm looking at it from the outside. Oh. So we're examining. Is that what a woman's incapable of doing? <laughs> this isn't going the way you wanted it to go. We're You're examining doing the same this. Thing. We're examining yeah. this. Or not. We're moving on. We're moving on. No, examine more. Nope. I need some more math explaining to me other... so I understand why the men were the victims here. I don't know if you remember this conversation from the, a few days ago, cuddling and blowjobs. Oh, I so think, yeah, go right into that. We can that. definitely get into that. No, I'm teasing. Not about cuddling and blowjobs, but um, wow, so frustrating, isn't it? Yep. Well, before you, you <laughs> before you jump to not watching Shark Tank anymore, okay. do you remember this was several several years ago, and I was on a work trip, and it stuck with me at the time, and I've I don't I think I talked about it on the podcast. I know you and I talked about it. I think I know where you're going. But it was at a gym, mm -hmm. and there were two guys that were like just your stereotypical meat heady gym guy, like muscle shirts and protein drinks and all sorts of stuff. And they were um, making fun of another guy. Like the three men were there talking and these two were kind of like teasing and making fun of this third guy and talking about him in this very uh, degrading way. Is this what it was? That's just what I was thinking. Yeah. And um, they were also using a bunch of like pussy and derogatory feminine type uh, terms to tease this guy. And everybody was joking about it. And I was also party to this conversation. I was involved in it in a sense where it's not like I overheard it. I was standing there kind of as all of them were talking. And I didn't say anything. Yeah. Right. It's quote unquote locker room talk, mm -hmm. but I didn't say anything. Does that make me uh, a bad guy? I thought no, but now that you want to keep watching Shark Tanks and you defended the guy sharks, I think yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes men <clears throat> don't realize what they're doing until somebody points it out. Don't look at me like I'm just continuing to dig myself this deeper and deeper hole. Sometimes you just surprise me. It's usually good surprises and sometimes I'm not I'm defending like, them. Okay. I'm just looking at like they don't know any better. He didn't know any better. He didn't know what he was doing. What what's happening? <laughs> so the idea okay. that 
they're going to call Lori out yes. for basically outing that guy. Yes. That is something that's ingrained in our culture. Yes. And that's a problem. That is a problem. Okay. But if you, especially grown-ass 50, 60-year-old men, right? Yeah. All of those men are from previous generations. It's okay. not to say that that excuses them from behavior. But I think if you were to point out that to any of them, mm-hmm. they would remedy it and fix it and change it and okay. apologize to Lori. Have they apologized? Obviously, we don't have any fucking clue. I want to see that on a live broadcast. <laughs> right. When I'm on Shark Tank, I'll I bring this I want a public up. apology to Lori. I'm going to walk out there and before we... <laughs> Before we sell the tramp stamp, <laughs> I'm going to uh, say, hey, before I go with my uh, pitch, I want to bring a, your attention to this episode from season 11. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but and then we'll only be interested in Lori still. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So like, don't they get the benefit of the doubt of being able to correct that behavior? Or do we all just have to be right the first time and know better immediately without ever being told. All right. You fucking came around that one, didn't you? <sighs> All right. Fair, fair, fair. One day. Well, cr- if it happens again, then it's repetitive behavior. Mm-hmm. And I'm then we're done with Shark Tank. I've seen men on there before that talk down to those women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Shark Tank's a problem. Well, it's Shark not- Tank's back off the mic. <laughs> <laughs> they also... Do a lot of good things with Shark Tank. What? Where? How are they contributing to society? Tell me what they're what what the good things they're doing with Shark Tank. Well, um, they're helping people's dreams come uh, true. Uh, on next week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just funny. Obviously, yeah. it's what I'm into, and it stood out. And I think Tramp Stamp's a great idea. I think it'll go well with it. <laughs> Never mind. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so the other show that I've been watching is Dope Sick. Okay. I haven't seen that. We talked a little bit about this yeah, today. Yeah, you talked to me about it, but I haven't seen it. So yeah. I get to just be over here and follow along. And learn, right? I get to learn. So Dope Sick is a new series on Hulu. Actually, I think I don't know if it's on Hulu or on FX. I get those confused because they're the same basically. But starring Michael Keaton and it's telling the story of Oxycontin and the rollout and the the company responsible for it and the fallout from it and everything that went on and uh, just the nightmare that existed because of this drug. And before we recorded, because we, you and I were talking about this earlier, mm-hmm. um, there basically isn't a difference between Oxycontin and Oxycodone. And they're both uh, Purdue. Um, Are you sure? Pharma. Yeah. So the difference- Did you look it I, up? Yeah. You don't have to go down the rabbit hole. I already did. So the difference is Oxycontin is the brand name. Uh-huh for oxycodone so what uh purdue did was they took oxycodone and made it oxycontin and threw that uh time lapse um label on it to where it was supposed to slowly take place over 12 hours so that you couldn't get addicted to it but it's basically the same drug Buckers. so little side note that's but this is the thing that I want to talk to you about. Fuckers. Because I told you how they basically created um, a, a new disease, a new thing for this drug, right? They didn't solve a problem. They created the drug and then created the problem, yes. right? <clears throat> so the problem is treating pain, right? Chronic pain. 
long-term pain. These poor people that suffer every day, they, you know, what do you do with all of this pain? We have this amazing drug, right? And it's like less than 1% of people get addicted to it. And it's less addictive than any other opiate. And um, like, if you're not taking more than 60 milligrams of it, you can just stop without any withdrawals. You don't have to like taper off. You can just stop. They just fed everybody copious amounts of fucking bullshit lies. One of the things that they did in order to like market it and in order to get it into <clears throat> hospitals and doctors and everything like that, right? You know, when you go to the hospital, which you have been to a hospital recently. I'm all familiar with that now. Um, on the wall of the rooms, whether it's in the emergency room or other rooms, they have that little pain chart between <laughs> one and 10. Yeah, I'm very familiar with that. And they ask you where your pain level is. Uh -huh. And it's a series of smiley faces. And like, you know, if you're- They have descriptors now. Pain-free, it's one and right. But mm -hmm. that that chart- Came from Oxycontin. Came from Purdue Pharma. Wow. So they introduced that concept and idea and they made pain the fifth vital sign. So obviously it's like your oxygen levels, your blood pressure, your O2. Um, there was basically four vital signs that were like obviously things to check and important and we need that information. They made pain the fifth vital sign and they introduced that uh, chart and that dynamic in order to sell their fucking product. So when you go to the hospital, when you go to the ER, when you have, and the doctor asks you, what's your pain level? That is something that that pharmacy or that uh, company, that drug manufacturer created in order to sell their fucking drug. Does that, that when I realized that, like when they started talking about that and they show that, and they just kind of haphazardly mentioned that in the, show they don't really hit on it they hit on a lot of other things but that's one of them that they're just like uh there, there used to be a website too like painmanagement.com or something like that that supposedly was the company that produced those uh flyers and those signs and that the, the, that was the company that it was just a subsidy or a subsidiary of purdue pharma so they just do you know what I mean? They created that company in order to sell it that way. But it was like, how fucked is that? I just can't even imagine how fucked yeah, that is. Fucked. And if you're in the medical field back during that time period, and I, I know that it's like hindsight's 2020, obviously, but I'm like, how can you not like see a fucking problem? Do you know what I mean? There's no but problem, the problem as long as the, they're getting rich, well, right? It's the FDA too, right? Like a lot of, we rely upon the FDA. We know the FDA is fucked. Right? But back then, I mean, back then was 20 fucking years ago. Yeah. Oxycontin came on the market in 1996. Yeah. Wow. And it just fucked everything. Yeah. It's amazing. So it's a really good series. I'm obviously probably going to talk a lot more about it down the road okay. because I'm going to be getting a lot more information about it um, from this television show and from Shark Tank. I'm just going to have to learn through you because I don't think it's what I'm going to watch. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. And it's fascinating to see what they did and what they were able to get away with. And I just uh, also was Googling before we uh, recorded. Uh -huh. um, the company, Purdue mm -hmm. Pharma, this year, like last month, mm -hmm. September of 2021, was finally dissolved and was the, like ordered to pay billions of dollars to 
whatever. Why is it still on the market then? Why are they still giving it to people today? That's a great question. It probably is that thing where um, the trademark <laughs> expired, so then it can be mass produced by other. But they know how harmful it is. So why is it still it's fucking out money, there? baby? Why is it still fucking out money? There? It always, always. Corey and I talked a lot about the root of all evil last week: money, money and just how fucking ridiculous it is. Like the idea that you're going to create a drug that you know is addictive, that you know is more dangerous, like all of these things they knew. It wasn't like they found out after the fact. They knew it and they made it only so that they could get more money. Yeah. I mean, I like money, but if suddenly our tram stamp starts hurting people, yeah, right? We're not going to double down and be like, you know what you need. <laughs> you need two tram stamps. You need two tram stamps. <laughs> One tram stamp's not enough. <laughs> you need to. Makes That's me actually so funny. Freaking sick. So it's pretty sad. Yeah. That's all I had on my list, babe. That's all you had on your list? Mm-hmm. Super not really important I'm sorry. things. I don't did you count on me to be able to carry anything? No, right now? gosh no. <laughs> not at all. It's my best to keep sitting upright right now. See if I have anything useful. You have a lot of things ah. useful. <laughs> I. We can talk can about this. cuddling and BJ's if you want. Okay, stop. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> Sorry, I just read a topic that I was going to talk about, and it takes all my strength. Okay. Um, just because you know, like, like I'm super worried about my mom, so I'm having a hard time. I know. It's been hard. Like this is. This is an incredibly hard yes, time, it's been, and it's not like it's not like hard to be there for. That's what I'm saying. It's just it's emotionally is, draining. It's, it's a roller coaster. It's, it's just scary right now. It's yeah. just scary. Um, I I don't even know if this is like okay to talk about, but I'm going to hope that it's okay because I guess it kind of goes with I don't know. I had we were having a conversation with my parents. Or I was having. Um, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. I think I saw my mom two days before. So it was like two days before she went in the hospital. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he was talking about um, PTSD and how, because um, he doesn't really go to the VA anymore. Um, there's still stuff he has to do through the VA. We're talking about your dad, right? My dad, yeah. Because there's whatever stupid laws about him still having to go to do things, but there's things he doesn't have to. And we try to use the VA as little as possible because the VA is not good to veterans. They treat them. It's, it's horrible. It's like anybody that has to go to the VA knows that it's your best interest is definitely not a priority for them. Yeah. But like everybody's trying to make improvements in life and trying to get PTSD recognized and, and treated and just like the stigma off of it. The stigma is completely not off of it. He was saying that you can just go to the VA. There was something about now, I don't know, because none of this is fact checked, okay? This is just a conversation. Mm -hmm. And they give you money if you say you have PTSD. So it's like they're paying out as a... Um, like a consolation. Consolation or um, disability or something. So you get paid out. And he's like, and the people are just going insane. They haven't, they don't have it. And that's fraud. And he's like, how was he putting it? He was like, it took me a minute to like really realize. And I said, I think, 
I said, how did I word it? How did it come up? I can't remember. A lot's happened since this conversation. Anyways, it came out that I said, I, I said, I think you have PTSD. And he was like, I've only had one nightmare. And he's like, (laughs) right. So he's had one nightmare where it was a flashback and it Uh wasn't a nightmare. And so he's like, it just like knocked him off. It was like a punch in the gut. It was like, I looked at him and said, you are broken and you are wrong mm-hmm. and you are damaged and you are incapacitated. You know, you are crazy. It's like all the things that the stigma is like, he just had that come from me and like that crushed him. And I was like, it's, it's not that it's not just, flashbacks you know, it's and not nightmares. just flashbacks and nightmares. It's like, and I said, you cannot like everything that you've seen, dad, everything that you have been through and that you are still going through there's no way. And I didn't get into like any kind of behaviors or like, you didn't dude, point you out have all it. the signs. I didn't put out the signs. <laughs> I went compassionate and I was like, there's no way you don't have it yeah. because of everything you've seen. For everything. those of you that don't know Stephanie's dad, he's a longtime firefighter. So and firefighter, he was in the Vietnam War. He was in the Vietnam War. He was a cop and he's a longtime firefighter that is um, like response to all the accidents, response to all. So he's seen some stuff stuff yeah he's seen some like crazy i mean i i know some of the things that he has seen and just hearing about it is like oh my god you know mm-hmm. i can't imagine some of the scenes that he stumbled on now what he went through in the vietnam war i know very little about i know what his position was i know how many tours he's done i know very little about he does not talk about it so I don't really know. I can't imagine. Yeah. You know, I've got shows, but he doesn't talk about it. And I don't like, tell me what was, what was the war like? <laughs> you know, I, I don't pull that. Um, so there's no way. So when you look at it, that compassion, like there's no way. But what they make them understand PTSD is, is not, is you've, you've like the most extreme end. And so he was hearing that. And then he was, he said, he's got, I don't remember what degree. I think he's a master's in psychology. He's like, so there's like, what's therapist going to do? I've already got a degree in it. And I giggled, but it wasn't like, I wasn't like, ha ha ha. It was just like, okay, you know? And then another truth came out. So first of all, he's like, he's not trust in where it came is he says, I've seen, I grew up poor and seen caseworkers do more harm with welfare kids than they ever did good and i was like he says i've seen them tear family so being afraid of therapists not trusting being like i've got the degree i took care of this myself i'm still functioning which he's like he is he's doing all these things right but then just seeing like what he saw because you go back to the 50s and 60s and what that looked like and it was like my heart just like what does that look like to you so I was coming at it compassionate, but then hearing what it sounded like to him, like, I felt really bad. And yeah. then hearing how, what therapy, what therapists, what people that come to help. And I can relate to that because I've had shitty therapists. I've had some really shitty therapists. I do not trust therapists until I got the witchy woman I have now. <laughs> okay, I found the one that you like. <laughs> and then one that was safe. So I get that. So not only does it feel like the stigma on mental health, the stigma on PTSD, all the different ways that you actually get that and see PTSD and then what help 
what you think help is going to look like, what happens, and then all the medications that causes suicidal thoughts and outbreaks and all these like difference, like it is not safe. So we're trying to like end the stigma and get people to get help. But the system is still so fucking broken with the medications they have in the way that a large amount of therapists work. Now, like I'm also a proponent of therapy, but I'm also a proponent of dump your therapist if they don't work. Do not let that person in. If they are hurting, if it's not feeling right, you don't owe them anything. Right. Find somebody that you jive with. They're going to get paid for it. They're going to get somebody else. You do not owe your th- therapist loyalty. If they don't work for you, find someone else. Keep looking, keep looking. But when you have like his generation, you were talking earlier, Shark Tank, the 50s and 60s, and this is their generation. And then you've got the 70s. You know, you got the 70s going on, like that old and 80. How are they, how do they get help? You know, this is built and so ingrained in their lives. And that's trauma. And that's a system because you think about what was going on in the 50s and 60s and 70s. That's a hell that I didn't live through. And I don't have a clear understanding of what that looks like. And how do you trust that now? Yes. Okay. I'm still listening. I just, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts? <laughs> like, like, I think that, our parents' generation, you know. They really got some shit ends. They definitely ends, did. Yeah. yeah, they definitely did. I mean, think about, because you have to think about their parents. So their parents lived through the depression, right? I know my grandma Webb did. All of them did, babe. My grandpa lived through the depression. Think, did my grandparents? It was in the 30s. So they're so they're raised by people that uh, lived through the depression. Yeah, and it's not to say that the depression is like the only thing, right? Obviously, but like obviously, there's been so many other things, right? Yeah. World War One. I, I mean, there's just everything. Yeah, but I think that our parents' generation, obviously, is they're not going to be the ones that make the change when it comes to mental health and yeah. when it comes to therapy. That, None of our parents are in therapy right now. Yeah, I, I know they're not going to make the change, but that changed me and my compassion level. Just thinking and about when I'm like, the different aspects of yeah, it. Yeah, and what that feels like for them. Because like I'm like, it also makes sense of why they don't think we need therapy and why they see that as weak. And I think it's because it scares them mm-hmm. too because they feel like it's unsafe. And that, I don't know, it just gave me a whole new perspective. I still don't agree with it. And I still think change needs to be made and it would absolutely benefit. But from the mindset and what it means to him and where like, it, it's not going to connect. You know what I mean? It's not going to connect. And it just like, it would take a lot. It would take a lot. But it, it just like, I just understood. Like I understood through his eyes mm-hmm. instead of through my eyes and what I think is going to help and what is needed. Like I was using that as a moment of like compassion and reaching out. Yeah. And that was not how it was received. And I won't do that again because that's, um, he wasn't. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's just, that's just hurtful. And I can see it through his eyes now. And so I see that that like, maybe this doesn't benefit him. And that's not something that need to be holding over here. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if therapy would benefit your dad. What He's in his 70s, right? Yeah. I mean, think about 70 years of shit that would need to be unpacked. Right. They're 
it's fucking hard to do it in your 40s yeah ain't nobody like, got the time for that if i started if i could if i would like start wait till my 70s <laughs> and then have like a sneak peek of what it was like starting in my 40s i'd yeah. probably be like, like I'm what, what was it from um what we do in the shadows i think fuck that <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, just like, yeah nope yeah it's too much it's too much yeah. so how do you love somebody in that state how do you help love them compassion because obviously you just have to no i'm not saying like how could i possibly i'm like how can you do it in a healthy way to where you're still holding your boundaries but you're also respecting what you can now see through a different picture with them and so not having to be because obviously i've got some tension right so how like you want to know my thoughts yeah. i know what you're saying yeah good because like, how I do you navigate them. that relationship given that like you said, your perspective, your boundaries, where, where you stand mm -hmm. and like trying to communicate that and express that to somebody that doesn't have the same vocabulary and the same understanding of where you're coming from. Yeah, not even just that, just because, <clears throat> but the dynamics, just, just being like, I don't know, in relation with that person, because I can see like that just like opened up so much and I have a compassion i can see it his perspective and he does things that <sighs> drive me crazy so now that i have that awareness like how do i navigate that in a healthier way because i can see his point of view i do not agree with it but i understand the best i can like i am like that makes sense to me do you know what i that constantly do with your me. dad things I constantly do with people in your life I assume. with my parents <laughs> <laughs> uh, I picture your dad as a kid I picture your dad as an eight-year-old boy and that usually helps no. if I do that then it makes things a lot easier for me yeah. uh, I think it just comes down to um, boundaries right not just healthy boundaries but like well-defined boundaries that you set up for yourself and just love and compassion, right? Once you set a boundary with your parents and they try to push past that boundary or they try to break that boundary or whatever the case may be, um, not letting them. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be some big, you know, fuck you, I'm never talking to you ever again and having some sort of distance for the next four years or something like that. It's just like clear communication of like, this is what I'm okay with and this is what I'm not okay with. Yeah and it's and it's not just like parents it's like this happens like that's everybody's got their own journey and you know this the thing of how if you did not have the tools and you did not know better how could you be expected to do any better exactly so you i can apply that to myself right because you're trying to look at things from the past and it's like no better do better no better do better no better do better but i need to stop expecting better from what i know when it's just not like those tools are not there correct you can't hold them to the same standard exactly so how like so trying to navigate that because this is like a brand new window and i'm i'm not doing great at it at the moment <laughs> but like this is just a brand new window of it's what i've been trying to do it's one of those things that i've been trying to do a lot with my mom is not hold her to my standard yeah because She's just not at that level. 
and she'll like I always laugh to myself in my head when I think these things or when I say these things because I can hear her respond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I can hear her response and she's laughing. She's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not at that level. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Sure. You little. I'm at levels you don't even fucking know about. Right. You fucking idiot. And I'm like, mom, no, you're crazy. That's that, <laughs> those aren't. <laughs> you're not at. That's a... not safe to eat. <laughs> it is not good for five years. <laughs> no. They just put expiration dates on there to sell more like, food. Exactly. <laughs> like, no. This is why. And then you say it never affected you yet. We just got over with a 20 minute conversation how you can't eat tomatoes anymore. <laughs> you know? Um, so I just try to remind myself of that where I can't expect them to meet me where I'm at, but that doesn't mean that I still can't have like a relationship and I still yeah. can't have love and I still can't have that inner, like they're just not going to meet me where I'm at. Yeah. And it's silly for me to think that they will. How can you still be helpful for that person when there are things that they will not see and that's okay? Like, it's okay that they don't see those things. It's okay that they don't see past a certain point, right? Yeah. That's okay. But how can you still be helpful in their space instead of just... What are you trying to be helpful with, though? I don't know. I just... Is it a matter of being in their space? Um. Okay, we can say in their space, but also, like, you can't... I feel like when you recognize that much pain in somebody, I don't know how to just... Let it go. Let that go. So and easy. not want to like. So there's I, nothing you can do about it. Well, I know there's, I, I know there's nothing I can do. <sighs> you're not, you're not giving me the response I want. I want an answer. I don't want you to tell me there's nothing I can do. <laughs> I think that's the answer. <laughs> I know. That's not the answer I want. So try again. Because <laughs> that's what you're asking. How do you help somebody? Yeah. Can't come up with an answer. When there's nothing that you can do to help them. Yeah. So what do I do? <laughs> Just love them. I I will check back with you later when you have a better answer. That's the answer, though. I don't like that answer. Because you can't, obviously we know you can't change a person. You can't like change, you can't take the way that you see a, uh, something mm -hmm. and like deposit it them, deposit that into their brain. Yeah, I accept that. So then accept that there's some things you can't help them with. But now that I have that information. You can't that give it to that them. I, I know I can't give it to them. I'm not saying that. I know I tried to give it. And mm -hmm. I then God, I think I, I learned something about him. Like he opened a curtain that mm -hmm. I had never seen before. And mm -hmm. it allowed all this compassion. So I know I can't make him see. I'm not going to try and go around opening curtains in his room. Right. I'm not going to try and do that. But. The room that he's in, how can I help in that space? So every time that he comes out of that room into the space that you're in with the well-defined boundaries that you've set up for your life, when he shows up there, you just accept and love. That's a better answer. I'll accept that one. <laughs> <laughs> I remembered something else I wanted to talk to you about. What's that? Um, it was on an episode of Rogan and lately I've been feeling like, uh, this podcast is a recap of Rogan episodes, but it's not, obviously we talk about a lot of other stuff, but he has wonderful people on and amazing topics sometimes. And just really, um, fascinating conversations that spark a lot of thought in mine or thought in my head. But he had a guy recently that came on that wrote a book about the homeless situation and he focused specifically because the guy is from California. So it's the homeless situation that's going on in California and all the different aspects of it and how terrible it is and 
you know, not just in LA, but also like in San Francisco. Did you know, like in San Francisco, they don't stop you if you shoplift, like you can steal up to $930 and you won't be stopped or charged or arrested or anything. I did not know that. And I don't know if that's felt fact. It I is. feel like that's, it, that's it is. So it's a not law. a thing here. So it's my a law brain can't that even San wrap Francisco that. put into place in 2014. So you've, I'm sure you've, I don't know if you have seen them, but there's videos of people just walking into Walgreens, stealing whatever the fuck they want and walking out and nobody stops them. Anyways, um, I have a all question I can to think pose. think of is flashbacks from asset protection at Walmart and all those calls. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Walmart stopped doing that too. Did they? Yeah. They stopped trying to detain, I think. Anyways, um, when... I want you to describe to me the image that is created in your mind when you think of, when you hear the word homeless or that you hear that somebody is homeless or the homeless. Okay. What is that picture? Um, like try to be as truthful as you can. Okay. Um, I'm seeing like people walking on the streets, maybe having a car if they're lucky enough, but like having what they can carry with them and maybe sleeping in a, tent or sleep in a park, groups together, not having food, not having money, not having security or safety, like turning to crime to get what they need, um, drugs, alcohol. I don't know. That's, that's what I see. Like that's when you have that descriptor, but it's not like I think I also get scared, you know, not like, oh, I'm afraid they're going to do something sometimes because I've, I've had weird experiences, but, um, it's like, it's scary. Cause like, how does that, that happen so easy? So it's not, um, what do you mean? Homelessness? Yeah. You think that happens easily? I think it happens so easy. I think it's a bad turn of events that just like snowballs. It's so easy. It's one thing going wrong that like there's been times it's like how do you make these bills how do you make these bills and it's yeah. like i can see how that could happen so it's scary and it's like it's not fair and i think it's bullshit and i get very angry at um like no loitering allowed or if somebody's trying to get money and no loitering what's the word no you said it correctly but it was oh. funny it sounded like noodle noodle something noodle something <laughs> noodle loitering <laughs> um but you get like when no people are handling to, yeah, and when like they're that. trying to earn money. And if that's like, and they're like, well, go get a job. Mm -hmm. There's so much discrimination. You can't walk into a place when you have dirty clothes and you haven't had a shower and it doesn't matter like how qualified for the job you are when you walk in, they're not going to hire you. So like for the people that are on their high horse, just go get a job. You don't have to like, I think, you know, fuck off, <laughs> you know, you go be them for a day and try and get a job and see how that works. So my heart goes out and it's scary when it's cold and it's scary when it's hot. And, um, and I don't care if people are lying when they panhandle or not. So I think I've hit as many, like I've hit a lot of points. I did. I do. I did. I think I was descriptive enough. I don't know where we're going, but 
You're okay. This is not some like enough? trick thing, right? I'm not trying to set it's you up. It's always for, a trick thing with it's you. It's not. But that's why I try to cover all the bases and like, okay. It's not always so, a trick thing with me. All right, devil's advocate. Speaking of, do you want to see another magic? No, trick? I want to get with this where you're going. <laughs> What's San Francisco doing better? Uh, San Francisco ain't doing shit. Oh, I better. thought you were going to say it was. No. Gonna, oh, I thought there this was going to no, be a positive. No, there is no solution right now, and everything that California is doing is not fixing anything or solving any, or anything. Granted, I haven't, I mean, I've been to, I was in San Francisco earlier this year, yeah. but it was just briefly. Um, I have been down to like the LA area. Same thing up north, like in Portland and uh, Seattle and things like that. And there is, we, we saw it when we were in Reno, uh, where there were, you know, people, oh, yeah. some tents and some more homeless people yeah. there. Reno got a little sketchy a little bit. Yeah, there Reno a little is bit. a little sketchy. Yeah. Right. Uh, we can thank um, Johnny Cash for that. <laughs> but, um, this is going to be because this is a big topic and it's a big, huge, broad thing. And we're going to have I'm going to specifically speak to some stereotypes as well as like, obviously, you and I aren't uh, scientists. We're not researchers. We're, we're just, uh, you know, us on this podcast. Okay. Um, but this guy talked about a lot of stuff that was a long podcast. You should go listen to it. But one of the things that they I mean, they talked about a lot of things. Some of the stuff that stood out to me was um, how the homeless and that word homeless yeah. itself is such a um, that I mean it's it's a do you remember we did an episode a long time ago where we talked about uh, real words yeah rather than all of these soft words that we use homeless is a soft word. Yeah. Okay. Because don't they have a new soft word now? They have even softer, more yeah. politically correct words now to yeah. describe like what's the I don't even know. We yeah. Googled it once. But just homeless itself. The idea that it's just lack of housing that is leaving these people in these situations yeah. is so inaccurate. Yeah, it's lack of food, it's lack of medical care, it's lack of water, it's lack of safety. So, it's the one nice thing, this guy talked about a lot of stuff, but one of the things that I really liked that he hit on and the importance of was that it's really a mental health issue and that's it. On some aspects, yeah. We'll think about it from this perspective, right? Because okay. we like to think that it is somebody that just lost their job. I know it's not every case. I know it's a lot of mental health issues, but there are those issues where so this guy bad hands. is like the researcher, the guy that wrote the book, the guy that um, not wrote the book on homelessness, but he wrote a book. He's the guy that like dived into this topic. Okay. And obviously there's areas in this country that have massive homeless populations. And he went there and he interviewed people and he was in those environments. And um, the drug use is a hundred percent. Yeah. Everybody is using drugs. So it's not, it's not, you know, just the drug addict. It's everybody that is there is using because they all are drug addicts because it is a mental health issue. I don't know if I can get on board with that. He did not find one person in that area, right? Correct. Okay. So I'm not saying that there isn't one person, Yeah. but the idea that we're convincing ourselves that it's like, like you and me are just one paycheck away from being homeless. That's not the case. Really? What happens when the money starts coming in? Stops coming. What it is, what is it's do? mental health. And that's the issue. I got some mental health problems. <laughs> you do, as do I. But we're not drug addicts. Yeah. And it's not a judgment on drug addicts. I think that saying that every homeless person is a drug addict is incredibly cruel. 
it's not saying that every homeless person is a drug addict. What I'm saying, and obviously I say this about everybody, not just homeless people, is that every homeless person is like knee deep in a mental health crisis. Well, how could you not be? Like maybe you weren't before, but of course you would be after because that would be a mental, that would be a It's crisis. not like these were normal people living in houses that I lost their know. job and now they're on the street and now they're drug addicts and now they have mental health issues. I don't know if I can. Drug addiction. Agree with leads that. to living on the street. I agree with that. And drug addiction is systemic of self-medication and coping mechanisms for mental health issues. I agree with that. So the core of it is a mental health issue. It's not a housing issue. It's not a let's just build and you know skyrise apartments and put homeless people in them and then we'll solve this problem. Oh, I don't know. They've tried that in places, Steph, Where? and it doesn't work. Because what happens is they're drug addicts. That's not a negative thing of looking down on them. I don't. They're addicted agree. to drugs because they're mentally ill. I, and I that's agree the with stigma that. that we have to like. I, I agree with that with drug addicts, but so that's what it is. But I don't agree with saying every mental, every homeless person is homeless because they're a mentally ill drug addict. I think so that I, is I, fucking horrible. <laughs> I happen to have some firsthand experience with quite a few people that were homeless. That's true. That's right? true. You do. So uh, obviously, from a couple of different perspectives, right? I saw them coming and going in the jail. And then I've obviously worked with them on the streets. Um, so I've got some experience you, with actual homeless that's people. That's true. You've got definitely more than I do. And I've never met one of them that was not addicted to drugs. How do you know they were addicted before they become homeless? It's not to say Everyone. that they were addicted before they became homeless. But the idea is that what leads to you no longer being able to live in society, not just in a home, but in some sort of semblance of like normal everyday life for everyday person right have you ever been in hard times like real hard times like i feel like like i've almost had a house foreclosed on it didn't but like it, it came through at the last minute and paid the back but that was also because i was living with an addict that was spending all the money <laughs> <laughs> shit um, um but no like there's hard times like right now it is so expensive to live anywhere and what i'm making like if if you and i I would just find another job. Um, I don't know that I, I know, I believe what you're saying and I know that it's an aspect, but for you to, for this person to say, cause I know you're not saying it, you're going off of what this person said, that this is 100% the problem. It's I not think, to say that it's the problem. Who is this rich fucker that is looking down his nose, everything and thinking he's got it all figured out. You know, what's really funny is he's some rich, super woke San Fran. He lives in San Francisco. Yeah. So it's, uh, I had to like take some of his stuff with a grain of salt. Uh -huh. But at the same time, he's not saying that it's a drug issue. He's saying it's a mental health issue. So his solution and his fix mm -hmm. is mental health. I think, okay, well, how I'll, do you treat I'll, drug addiction? I'll get behind mental health. Right? We don't that. treat, like how asinine would it be to treat drug addiction with housing? Okay, I see your point. Oh, you're addicted to heroin or Oxycontin. Let's give you a house. And you an have destroyed your life to the point where nobody, like your family will not let you sleep in the basement or on the couch because you steal everything from them to support your drug habit. You lost your job. You lost your car. You lost your apartment. Everything in your life is gone because you are addicted to some drug. Yeah. 
and that's, you that's end one up aspect. sleeping on the street on the street or in homeless shelters or in tents under freeway overpasses mm -hmm. because everything has gotten to that point because you're addicted to drugs okay okay that person is still going to be a drug addict if we put them in a house that's true. or if we put them in an apartment that's true so, so the solution health, like, is not housing it's mental health it's mental health okay that is for that portion but there are people i believe like we can just we're just we're not going to see eye to eye how many out one. of a thousand i don't know craig one even if it's one okay so we'll say it's one that one still fucking matters i'm not saying they don't so but i think it's less than that but i mean more than that um but things just sometimes like it's hard it's hard out there it's hard one of the other poverty things, is more common than not it's not to say poverty yes poverty is more common right there's yeah. more poor people in this country yeah. in this world than there are wealthy people right um that's definitely the case yes and it's a bad turn it's like i feel like so many people are one bad turn away from a really shitty situation that people gonna look down their nose and be like well you're just so that's what he was talking about i don't agree was the the it's the same thing where once we see things in a different light then we can actually do something about it and this okay. idea that we're one step away from being homeless if we just lose our job yeah. is such a and, and you can think whatever you want and i'm not judging you yeah, this, I but can. but it it's so like can you. right <laughs> uh if if you walk away from anything on this podcast it's that stephanie and i can think what we want <laughs> um it's fucking foolish to keep looking at it that way because it is not looking at the real issue yeah so it's like trying to be like we have to have compassion for these people and all of the you know just yeah. and it's not to say that we don't i'm not saying we you know need to I cut them off do. and don't have compassion for them but housing isn't going to fucking fix it more homeless shelters isn't going to fucking fix what it if, feeding drug addicts isn't going to fucking fix their okay, drug addiction so what if they're a drug addict like right i'm i, I obviously have issues with addicts Okay. So, but why can't like that doesn't mean they don't deserve food and a place to sleep. I'm not saying that. I'm saying those things aren't going to fix anything. Okay. Those things are less than band aids. Okay. They're not even temporary solutions to the greater fucking problem. Okay. They're like pissing into the fucking wind. Okay. Right. You're not doing. I'm not saying you specifically. Right. I'm I just mean, talking about society. We aren't doing dick to solve this problem. That's true. And the idea that we're going to solve it with homeless shelters or subsidized housing or shipping containers that we convert into I fucking think subsidized housing is a wonderful thing i'm not talking about subsidized housing is a wonderful thing that's not what i'm talking about and i used the wrong terminology okay so scratch that erase edit cut <laughs> <laughs> but what we're doing isn't working and it's because i don't think we're really looking at the problem and it's not to say that drugs are the problem because you know me i want to legalize all drugs i don't think drugs are the problem i think mental health is the problem yeah. i think mental health is the problem and i think it's i think it's more than that i think it's i think it's incredibly challenging wages i think it's unfair wages I yeah think there's it's a big issue shitty health care i think it's unfair taxing and i think that it's a lot more than that that drive people fucking crazy and then they're like oh i think it's a hell of a lot more than mental health like like it's it's less of a drug problem than it is a mental health problem and it's 
a mental health problem and it's a societal problem. So you know how I go like to the extreme uh-huh. and like all of those things that you talked about, I think are a mental health problem. So the person that goes from losing their job and getting evicted to their evicted from their apartment and then a month later is homeless on the street, I would argue that that person has mental health issues and needs help as well. Even prior to the homeless part, yeah. right? The fact that you can't get your shit together after you lose your job or get evicted or you know your car gets impounded or whatever the case may be, it's not to say that there isn't a run of bad luck and it's not to say that everybody doesn't need help. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is what I always say is like everybody has a mental health issue. That's true. So all of these problems that we're talking about, the person that loses their job or the way that we treat other people are all like all of these problems stem from the same fucking source. And it's the way that we view and deal with emotional and mental health. Mental health is not mental health is tricky to find safe support for. That, mental health yeah. is still harmful in some ways well i mean like the people that are supposedly helping you have regular doctors that'll have somebody like ah here's this like antidepressant here's this and they're just putting it out there they're just giving you all these prescriptions out there that whole big big pharma that's causing problems you're not getting the help and it's expensive and you have people that don't it's like they work on just like big pharma keeping you sick as opposed to helping you get better there is a lot of harm out there. Like, I think that's why I could understand because I've seen harm done with therapists. And I'm lucky enough to see life-saving, like unbelievable. So the therapist that does harm? Yes. Needs mental health. Well, how, let, how do you find the safe? Like we're lucky. I know another therapist that is amazing. I know of a couple that are like, that's lucky. I know of so much more that are not. So I have this like beautiful utopia in my mind, right? Because it's easy for me to sit on this podcast and talk about mental health is the issue for all of these problems, right? It's a massive oversimplification. And as soon as we were to solve magically, we snap our fingers and everybody is mentally well and we have a free mental health support that's not even called mental health. It's called support, <laughs> you know. Human support, because right. every human experiences it and there's yeah. nothing wrong with you. Go to the help center, what's the help center? It's where you get fucking help. Yeah. What do you need, right? You go to the help center, <laughs> right? there's the therapist, there's the food bank, there's the whatever it is, there's the fucking mechanic that's gonna volunteer his time and fix cars, like go to the help center. That's what we need, we just need help centers because everybody needs help. I hope somebody takes that idea and runs with it. <laughs> um. Maybe that's our shark tank. Help centers. Okay. So in my utopian beautiful world. Yeah. Like it's not you go to the therapist. It is just standard practice. It's like the way we exist from the time that we're babies Mm -hmm. where you just have the integrated aspect of therapy in your life. So you're continually talking about your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions, 
Um, you, you shake your head like it's not safe to do that. But remember, I'm painting a utopia. No, I'm sorry. I just, I this had, isn't our real world. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to shake my head. My image was like, well, that we have that with dentists. And I still say, fuck you to the dentist. I'm like, I'll avoid <laughs> that at all costs. health issues. I do because I was tortured by a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking assholes. One tried to kill me. Because <laughs> uh, that poor dentist probably needed some mental health. <laughs> poor dentist. Right. So, so that's where, because I just went to the you dentist. And I was like, <laughs> any money that's donated to this episode is going to go to the dentist relief fund. <laughs> um, it's sad. It's what's it's sad. Really like sad. it breaks my heart. Yeah. I hated, uh, I, I was on like this big spectrum with homeless people where I used to judge them, you know, uh, hated them. Uh, I would have to search in homeless people in the jail. And that was yeah. a nightmare for all sorts of different reasons. And then I got to the point where, uh, when I was a cop, yeah. where it was, it was just so. compassion. Well, yeah, what did you, know you, you mean? do? I tell just, me what you did when you were a cop. You know what I did. I don't, I I don't, don't need remember. to tell you anything. <laughs> I don't remember. Tell me like I've never heard this. Tell me like I don't know. Well, in the town that I was a police officer and people would call in homeless people. They would report homeless people. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> like literally call like there's there's this homeless person behind denny's these are the assholes i'm talking about and you're here. like what are you okay there's a homeless person behind denny's they would call the police for that uh -huh. and because we live in a the place that we live that would be something that the police would be expected to deal with and handle mm -hmm. and i did in the beginning and then i got to the point where i'm like this is so dumb because like at the beginning of my career where you don't know any better and you're kind of like super blind to the realities of what a police work really is um you know i would like go to those calls and talk to the homeless person and be like hey you can't be here you gotta go like this is you know sorry but this isn't the thing and trying to basically make them vacate the yeah. space and i would do that and then there i don't even know when it happened but at some point it just like i think you know when it, i think what happened with zeb yeah i think that was the switch where it finally was just like. No way am I doing this to you. Yeah. You. I forgot about him in that aspect. I haven't thought about him in a while. Um, there was a guy. And he was a friend of my brother's growing up. So he was a really good friend of my brother's growing up. And I dealt with him a lot over the years as a police officer because he was a drug addict. Um, well, he was not a drug addict. He had schizophrenia. So he has mental illness. And truthfully, I don't even know if I ever, I don't think I ever dealt with him in drugs. It may have been like, I don't know. I yeah. don't think, it, yeah. Anyhow, this poor guy was mentally ill. And at some point he was homeless and would get called in for a variety of different reasons. And if I ended up being the one that went and dealt with him and stuff like that, it was always just trying to help him and I would like give him water and yes, I would kind of get him from the area, but it wasn't because of somebody that called it in. It was just wanting to help the guy. And then it was like, just, I couldn't not think about, you know, so I just started, um, keeping shit in my car. So I had like water bottles and granola bars and things like that specifically for those times when I would get called to go deal with the homeless people. And I would just, make sure that they had some water and some food and see if they needed anything. Yeah. Cause 
how dumb is it that we're going to yeah. <laughs> kick them out of that space? Exactly. But I'm not helping that person. That person is I mentally ill. I think you're helping Ill. that person. In the moment, I am. I think you're helping that person a but lot. But that, that does not solve homelessness. It doesn't solve homelessness, but you don't, un- you don't know the ripple effect that that kind of kindness and compassion and yeah. acceptance did for them or yeah. showed them. Yeah. I, think I mean, that, obviously, I don't. That should always be the case. What if we just treated everybody like that? So sometimes I totally agree with you and we're going to close because. Okay. In closing. In closing. I totally agree with you. I think compassion is beyond important and it's going to, I mean, love is what will change everything yeah. and is changing everything, right? Love will actually fix all of these problems. It'll heal the world. All you need is love. I fully believe that. And I think sometimes love comes in the form of tough love. And I think there's some topics and some things in society that we think all of our open-hearted compassion and love is going to eventually solve that problem and that's all that's needed. And sometimes Sometimes tough love is needed. I agree. And yes, we can do it with compassion in our hearts and we can do it with the intention of leading us back to that place where we can just show up with open arms and open hearts and compassion. But tough love is needed in some circumstances. Some circumstances, yes. And I think that's that's the shift and change that needs to be taken with homelessness. Yeah. We've been trying to treat it from this compassionate, loving place. I don't think people, like there's, I don't think that's the case. In some ways it is. In some ways. I think like the the majority of it is is you can't be here. Think about it. That's the narrative and the lie that society tells itself. Okay, yeah. Right? Okay. Homeless shelters, food banks, needle exchanges, you know, collecting blankets for the homeless. Okay. Okay. Right. All of these sweet, loving, open-hearted, compassionate things that are very, very important and, and I necessary. Hope they still happen. I hope they right. keep going. And then it's like, Karen, you bring another fucking blanket. Like, why don't we actually change this fucking problem? Yeah. Right. That's like, we have to address the mental health issue. I think you're right. I agree. So next week we'll discuss the fix and the mental health uh, solution we're actually saving it for our episode of shark tank we have the mental health solution in this country <laughs> i love you i'm only interested in working with lori <laughs> <laughs> they'll start talking like excuse me <laughs> just ignore the man yeah I'll roll my eyes even you know what would happen well, then they would call you out for being a bitch i know but lori and i would be like now listen here. <laughs> Lori would be like, motherfucker, she's not a bitch. She's just ignoring you. Any, we got to go. Why okay, are we still talking okay. about Shark Tank? I love okay, you. I love you. All right. You fucking came around that one, didn't you? This is a G-rated episode. Stamp your tramp. I know way too much about fucking Shark Tank. I need some more mansplaining. Thing.